0: Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the uh, greatest show (laughs) to really get in these um, fatherhood issues, I guess, (laughs) Hmm. for Star Trek. Sure. Sure. My name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. (laughs) And Hugh Crawford. Hello! And, yep, tonight we're talking about an episode called... Rio (laughs) Grande. Two things that both of y'all have.
1: Uh, How about we call it Dumb Rio Rio Grande, but dumb.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, this season's really gotten off to a great start. Yeah, okay. This is an
1: episode <laughs> called Sons and Daughters. It is episode three of season six. It originally aired October 13th, 1997. And here is the IMDB description. Serving with his recruit son aboard a Klingon vessel, Worf finds his relationship with his son strained. Meanwhile, strained relationships abound on DS9 between Major Kira and... And
0: go Ducat.
2: All right. Yeah. So, are we ready for all of my opinions on Alexander?
0: On all of our all of our opinions, man? Oh, I uh, I don't know. You know, I'm a guy that loves shit about father issues, right? Yeah, I don't.
2: <sighs> I don't know. It's not as. Where are we at on this episode? What's well, like? What do we
1: think? Okay. What do I think? I think this has got some great Martok stuff in it. Yeah, Martok. I think this has got yes. some really creepy Ducat stuff. Like. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff that's watchable here, right? Mm-hmm. It's not all horrible, but it's pretty ridiculous.
0: It's kind of a mess, just how it coheres together for me. Like, yeah,
1: it, it's a mess.
0: This like there's some great performances. I think Nana Visitor does some amazing work. She does. I think, she does some good stuff here, and mm-hmm. I think Martok's pretty great. But just like just the writing,
2: I uh-huh. don't I don't hate the actor who plays Alexander. I don't think he's horrible. I actually, think
1: they they did a little bit with his makeup to look more like Worf than.
2: Oh yeah, yeah I think they kind of. I think I think, I think uh, Mark Warden probably. I mean, it's a thankless role, and I think he's probably fine. I mean, yeah. Uh, right. yeah, Like the
0: way that he's written it, like he's he gets real Wesley emo, you know, like which you know that's the writer's fault. Not well, I his. don't I
2: don't think. I don't know. Uh, I, I was watching it again with my with my son as we were, was trying to put him to bed tonight, and I think we both saw. I mean, like there's a there's an element of my my relationship with Daniel in that was reflected in that that we both oh, really? sort of noticed. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean, there was one yeah. moment where it reminded me of an interaction with
2: my dad. All the stuff about like him trying to like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I there's things I relate yeah, to, yeah. and I think that there's things that my son related to. Where Worf is definitely Worf, I, I relate to Worf on a lot of levels. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of them was that, like, you know, I, I always try to hold Daniel, like, I try to teach Daniel, but you can't teach a kid. Like, that's not how humans work. Right. Like, that's not how knowledge works. That's not how knowledge acquisition
0: works. You can't dictate how he's going to be.
2: And so, like, the, you know, I, I'm this giant man who's like, Telling him how to do things, and forgetting that he's like what an eleven-year-old is, mm-hmm. you know. Like, oh, I I'm do that. Like, all do, the this. Time. do this, do this. <laughs> I was when I was your age, I did this, and then every now and then I go, no, I was super older than him when I like, you know, because there's those things, and that's browbeating, and that makes him really sheepish, and it does, sets him up to fail, and that's what Alexander. There's a whole scene with the batlith and the yeah, and all of that stuff. And setting him up to
0: fail. Yeah, that batless scene. I that reminded me of actually of like my dad trying to teach me how to play golf. Yes, <laughs> like no, just do it like this. Like I'm trying to f- do fucking what you're saying, but it's just you're mm. not helping. You know that. But
2: you also are. You're trying to do what they're saying, but also still assert your nascent masculinity into it or independence into right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that the. Substance of the interactions are our shit. I just hate everything about. <laughs> right. I just hate that it came to this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, as a story, as a story thing. So mm. I don't know. Yeah. I got a lot of I don't know about this episode. Yeah, like
0: I, you know, I don't. I, there, I have. Wait a lot minute. Of- so
2: you guys are sort of. This is sort of
1: a weird in between for you guys, where you have this nebulous feeling that you hate what you're watching on screen, but when you pick it up the performances apart and certain elements of it ring true, you can't really you can't really knock it too much. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's
0: like there's a certain truthfulness to their relationship and their dynamic, but I think I don't I I don't like how it's resolved because I don't feel like the show really knows what the fuck it's doing in that resolution i
1: agree with that wholeheartedly yeah
0: and yeah like it's just like oh i don't know just resolve it but like and then that alexander even came to this is kind of like a boomerang of like this does not match the character that we've known a bunch of bad ideas yeah and they just run out ideas and like, let's do this with the character. But it doesn't really fit with what they've established for well, the and, character. And there's,
1: let me address that. What you said was it doesn't really fit with, the, with the, what they've previously established. Mm-hmm. Because they've they've inherited all this from Next Generation. Yes. And what we have is a, we don't have a Next Generation writer's room that, that set all that up and that laid all that groundwork. Mm-hmm. What we have instead is we have a writer's room that when they are short on ideas... They like to go to their favorite movies and westerns, and like James said, this is a. They wanted it's Rio Grande. They wanted Grande. to do Rio Grande Grande, or Grand or Grand. I think. Yeah, I, I think know. John Wayne says Rio Grande in the movie. Okay, so let's go with that. But they don't have the Marino O'Hare character. That's the problem. That's what makes Rio Grande work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They killed her off. So what they they wanted to tell a story while they were missing an essential part of the story, and that's why this is a shitty adaptation. So. Right.
0: And do we think that, like, Ronald D. Moore didn't write this one?
2: No, no. This was written by two guys who didn't, like, as of last year, I think. You know how writer's room, you assume that there's five guys sitting around a table and maybe three guys sitting against the wall? These were the guys against the wall. Like, I think these were against the wall guys. Brad Thompson and David Weddle wrote this together. They have about three credits up to this point, even though they've been in the writer's room since season four. This is their third credit and first final script. Huh. Were a better writer. To, I mean, because they lost Robert Hewitt Wolf. So, I mean, like, they're. Mm-hmm. That was a huge talent suck. So, some of these guys get to step up. Right. That's
1: so weird. Because I we really have some of our best Deep Space Nine moments ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, but Robert Hewitt Wolf was what gave us so much life in those thin, you know, the thin parts yeah. of this series. And I think
2: that maybe he built a good ship. And then, Ronald, I think that probably what you're looking at. Is Ronald D. Moore ascendant in the ideas? I think he's probably got the courage and the ideas and all of that stuff. Yeah, okay. I, mean, he's, I, I buy that. He's, he's close to writing, uh, as you pointed out at our text. He's close to writing Mission Impossible Two. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't, which I didn't realize he had a hand in. Uh, so I mean, like, he's he's hot shit in this room. Right. So, I mean, he's a year away from Rick. I mean, he's probably getting that script right now as this episode aired. <sighs> I mean, so he was hot shit and still willing to be there.
0: Right. So he's like, oh, well, I'm going to let these guys write some. It's almost
2: like a, he's working. He's on the show as a crutch at this point. Mm. He's hot shit in Hollywood. And so I think that there's a lot of ideas going on. But, yeah, I think that this is one that didn't. The the, the two writers, uh, the back the against the wall guys, they pitched the script, um, and they fought for it. It was like they're you know. Like I get the feeling over a few beers, they were like, mm-hmm. "Now that Robert's gone, we can really, so we can't waste our shot." Right, Alexander. Right. You know? yeah, we're so, gonna bring it back. We're gonna in, hitch so. our
1: wagon to Alexander. <laughs> yes, this is it. Yeah. Okay. Cause, now we can end. Un- I think we. Sh- it's a good place to unpack Alexander. The Alexander, Ridic- the ridiculousness of having that character show back up. And it's another it's another example of how badly they wanted to tell a story but they didn't have all the pieces. So they shoehorn a character that's supposed to be much younger. Yes. He's 7.
0: He's at, at most 7. Right. And it's been he says in this episode I I haven't seen you in 5 years. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be generous and say there were 2 years in TNG after his last show and then so it's, let's say it's been 7 years. So he's like 14 but 15 it's not generously because be, you know yeah. all
1: these people all these people making this stuff they got the star dates all worked out and if you go to memory alpha you can look up when the dominion war started in twenty thirty seventy six, 76 and they have uh alexander's conception date as twenty thirty sixty <laughs> six, 66 which was only yes. eight years earlier
2: so <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a deep, so, so all then this. you're gonna go, then you're gonna go to some dumb shit. It's like Klingons well, we age how faster. Fast yeah. Klingons that's
0: eight. what I was doing in our text conversations. That's yeah. exactly
2: what these guys do to defend their their theory on memory alpha. And you're just like, that's just fucking stupid.
0: There, he's an eight year
2: old. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how fast Klingons grow. <laughs> eight year olds dude. Are you telling me that when Worf killed the kid, he was two on a soccer field? I mean, like, come on. If
1: like, that's what eight-year-olds look like, though. Klingon. That makes sense that he killed them. That only, yeah. it only makes it sense
0: <laughs> you know more. What? You're right, James. James. I, was, I
2: was. I was two feet taller than him. Right.
0: I was basically a, a, a full adult Klingon. This episode just drives home how dumb that fucking soccer scene was. You're right. No, oh, well, that soccer scene was <laughs> fine. <laughs> Alexander that was, was awful. fucking
1: stupid. Well, they okay. Why the, not both? The, the problem is that they shoot. They they had a hard-on for a story that
2: they had no business telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a, okay. So Alexander, yeah. we didn't do a and episode or podcast but let's just say that Alexander's a stupid idea for a story <laughs> it doesn't have to be but how they handled it is stupid wait a minute let me hear I your case for
1: house because i thought i didn't have because, a problem with child alexander because because
2: yeah. you have to have you can't okay two of the three of us have done this having a kid is the most transformative thing that you do in your life and if it's not that's a character flaw and so to give out, uh, that, no one he, he fucked the girl and whatever her fucking name was, and that was a hot, fun episode. And then she comes back later, and she's got a kid. But then the kid dies, so it falls to him. Is she just wanted to no, like the wife, say the wife like, died, the, the, the lady. wife died, the yeah, lady. The, the, mo- died. the mother died, yeah, yeah. And if she said to Worf, like, if she didn't die in that fucking episode, and she says to Worf, like, hey, you know, like. I don't want you to be a part of his kid because I don't want him to be a part of this cycle of warrior bullshit. And you're on that. And look, your your career. You know, you didn't ask for any of this, and I'm not going to expect you to do anything from this. Like, if that was the case of that, then I feel like that that's fine. But that's not what happened. He took the responsibility, and then, like, some guy came back from the future or something. What the fuck was that episode? That was, it was Alexander. Like Alexand- there was days of Alexander's past. Yes, so there was. was. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> comes back, 40, travels 40 years
1: back in the past. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. And tries to kill himself. Yes. And Worf stops him. Mm-hmm. And then there's and some I will shenanigans. Raise
2: you better is what he says, right? Right. Right. Well, I thought
0: his whole. I thought the whole thing was he realized that the kid doesn't want to be a Klingon. He's more like his mom. And Worf realizes. But he comes back from the future to try and kill him. I don't, that see, was the I mean, problem. I don't. I don't remember that the way I remembered it was just like he just realized that his grandparent, his adopted parents, were going to be better parents than he was. Right. That's exactly right. And he turns you know, it over to but them. But do you know what? Do you know what? Like a person who makes that decision. He's
2: a piece of shit. I don't, I don't well, know.
1: Well, we can't judge anybody who yeah, just stopped right. their uh, their son's future self from murdering their past that, self. That's, okay, that, okay, that's okay, a different okay. I, mean, I don't the, know. The, the Chris
2: Claremont element of the story, I don't know how to I'm feel. not ready to but go. But I'm just saying that if he had just met, without that sh- time shenanigans, crap. Right. If he right. just made the decision to like, fuck it, I'm just going to offload this on some elderly Russian couple. I, I. Who's mean, already had to deal with a kid who killed a kid on a soccer field. I'm.
0: I'm not ready to say that. <laughs> and he's Paul Sorvino. A, yes. Yeah, I'm not ready to say he's a piece of shit. Oh my God, it's
2: Paul Sorvino's the dad. I forgot about no, that. No, Paul
1: Sorvino is Worf's brother. Paul
0: oh, yeah, Sorvino That's would what be, I meant. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What? Fuck. Worf. Yes. Not as Terry. What? Who? He's Worf's brother. Yeah. Paul, Sorvino. Paul Sorvino. Rosh- Yeah.
1: R- he plays. He
0: plays. Something Roshenko.
1: He plays uh, another Roshenko. He plays Paul Sorvino Roshenko. Oh, oh,
0: is his adopted brother. I was like, wait, no, no, no. Terry Todd is not Paul Sorvino. Okay, I get you now. No. Oh, ask. no.
1: Worf is lousy with brothers. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. I was like, wait a minute, wait no. a minute. We know this no, brother. Nikolai Roshenko. Yeah, Nikolai. I, we know that Worf makes nothing but poor decisions regarding all his family members. Mm-hmm. But for my, in my head, like he understood that he's never going to be as good as a parents. So he. You know, you could say he's a piece of shit for that, but I don't, I'm not ready to do it, but you know, and I'm not a parent or whatever. But in this, he's a piece of shit for never at least going to visit his kid. That's what I mean. That's what but, I mean. Well, that's it. Well, that's the thing up until this episode. Whenever fatherhood comes up, Worf talks about being a father and how bit much it's changed him and shit. He does. And the the assumption. <laughs> when, does that, when did that happen? Every time uh, there's a couple asking.
1: different times where they. Yeah, there's
2: because I, I don't know because it occurred to me because they make it a thing that talk didn't know. I'm actually legit. Like, has he ever said to Jadzia on screen that he's got a
0: kid? Do we know? I feel like yeah. Like whenever there's more than one instance of Cisco talking about being a father and you, things are different when you're and war saying yes you know being a father I'm not, I'm
2: not saying you're wrong I'm saying I have no memory of that
0: but my my point is like the show kind of dealt like he they name check it that he's it's changed him and stuff and then th- this did. episode
1: even recently is like 5th season i think yeah, exactly yeah he talked about a trans oh god it's on the tip of my tongue I, um, something where it was a conversation where where worf was in a a ship like a shuttle by himself or when he was taught or not by himself but with somebody else yeah. It was
0: like maybe in Purgatory Shadow? Maybe. Maybe that um, Jim hadar portal episode. I don't with remember. the first Wayun appearance.
2: Oh, it was the scene where he's trying to get the priest to do the thing he wants to and the priest makes him confess all of his sins and he goes, I abandoned my boy. <laughs> <laughs> <But that was> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I don't remember the specific instance, but I know that they've name checked and they've They've called I it know, out.
1: They have. They've brought it up, and then because that was a real head scratcher, I was like, "Oh yeah, Alexander." Like, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, then yeah. this episode comes up, and they're like, "Never mind. He's just been a shitty dad this whole time." So it's like, it's because they're not consistent, and that's part of the problem with the writing. I feel like that, especially in this episode, they they decide to go a different way than they have with Worf as a father. Well, I mean, on the other hand, the shitty dad is what a shitty. I
2: mean, a shitty dad is a shitty dad. So I mean, like, if he. So I'm saying that these were problems that TNG made that Deep Space Nine didn't have to deal with.
0: Just burn back this fucking character. Just whatever. Like, don't bring him up. Right. Well, they've already brought him up, and then they bring him up differently in this episode, is my point. Like, it's all over the place.
2: Yeah, but when when he's mentioned to him up to this point, he's been like a fucking eight year old, right?
0: Yeah, you don't even know. And
2: so now that to finding out that he's a twenty year old and he's abandoned him through his most formative years of his life,
0: I know it's weird. That's what that's my
2: whole point. It's weird. It's weird, and it causes. It makes for an interesting story between fathers and sons, but Worf is, f- like... I, I agree with you. We're in, uh, okay, if you wanted to do this story, what if Martok had, like, a shitty son? He does. Because we had the one son that Worf beat up in the first episode he's on. Yeah, Worf's... That was Martok's son.
0: Martok's son sucks. And then, so, <laughs> he, he does have a shitty son.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, but I don't think Martok considers him shitty, just because he, he
0: says like he's been coddled by his mom he's got like a yeah his mom is of a fancy house he's, like, oh, he's like the buck but like what if he had like but what if he had like a timothy chalamet and beautiful
2: boy type kid what if he had like a, like a like a he moved to berkeley i think i don't know his mom sometimes keeps track of right, his right. friends like you know like what if he has a kid that he lit like like just fucking abandoned like he just kicked out or like what if he had like a like a heroin addict kid then he shows up, and then Martok, and then Worf has got to negotiate. But that it's Worf abandoning a kid for—we know it's eight years, but or we know it's like two or right, right, three right. years. But let's say, in the context of the show, what feels like fifteen years of total abandonment—it's it, almost a character assassination. And it's hard for you to like get up for like wharfs
0: right well, that's the thing growth it's
2: over the course of the episode it's like it hampers it i, I the whole time you're just like, I fuck you and like it that's the
0: way you feel about I it. I totally agree that it's done poorly i but for me, I'm too caught up in how badly they're setting it with the what they've done before so I'm less like fuck That's you. That's part Wharf. of my point. That's part yeah, of my yeah, point. Yeah, know. I'm agreeing with you. I'm not. I'm not fighting here. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm agreeing. <laughs> but then the other part of me is like, I'm more mad at the writers for just being inconsistent than I'm mad at Worf, personally. Sure, sure. But I,
2: I guess that ultimately the problem is that it's not. We're at the point in the show where it's not done that bad. <sighs> so like the emotional weight of it uh, still like registers. I mean, and so then it's, so yeah. it's weird it's like it would be better if it sucked. It would be better if it was like weird for, well, and for unrelatable me, and just like, some like
0: weird alien shit but it, it isn't
2: it is relatable and
0: there the character and the actors are relatable but for me, the story and the plot is done badly because it just does and it like like I said like how they resolve it just like oh, you just wanted to be a and I understand like. Uh, Alexander is kind of like, I'm not here for you. Fuck you, dad. I don't want to be here because of you, mm-hmm. but but I really just want to be here because of you. Yeah. But it's like, it's sold inconsistent. It's not written well. It's like at the end they decide, I don't know how to end this. Oh, you're the house of Martok. The end. That's what you wanted, right? And you're like, yes, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. It's,
2: uh, it's the emotional house of Martek ex Machina. Right. But like, <laughs> I see. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that poorly written. Like if they, I think the idea is atrocious. Yes, that's what I.
1: I'm appalled by the. uh, the, By the way, something that they wanted to do was shoehorned into something else.
2: That's what.
0: That's
1: what's most galling to me. Yeah.
0: For me, it isn't bad because if the whole thing with Alexander's whole reason for being there is that he actually, you know, he's going to protest. He's not there to be with his father, but in the end, he is. I feel like they sold that 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 was not written well to set up that I, I think I think I think that I part think of the it's actor fine. sells I it I think well, the way but, to fix
2: yeah. this is like if this was Martok's son we would be talking about how great this episode is if Martok had a shitty fucking kid who showed up on the ship on the brig and then he says he don't have a fucking house. And then Martok responds. And then Worf looks at him and then looks at Martok. And then later on he goes, "I'm sorry, Captain. Sorry, General, but like I have to ask you, is there some relationship you have?" And he goes, "That—that's my son." Okay. Can I counter and everything that? Everything is
1: reversed. Can I they, counter that?
2: Okay. No. Okay. Real quick. There's a
1: difference. Yeah, Worf wants to intercede for his son on a number of occasions mm-hmm. because what if he knows that? because because he th- knows his son has not cut out for the warrior's path. His inclination mm-hmm. is to intercede for him. Whereas how do would that. we explain Martok doing that? Yeah, I don't think it was would would. Martok. Is a G. He is hard. Yeah, and he would let somebody twist in the wind. Yeah. whether whether it's his son or not, he would let somebody twist in the wind. Rather than and like, then what you just what face.
2: you're saying right now what you're saying right now that's what Worf says to him in the scene. You're a G. Why the fuck are you coddling this kid? Okay, then
1: yeah. If we're spitballing, then yeah, that would work.
0: No, wait.
2: That's what Martex says
1: to Worf. What mm. the fuck? I've known you. I mean, you're, you let me in your house, and I don't know you have a kid. Also, I've never seen you're the hardest dude I've ever met. Why the hell are mm-hmm. you trying to? Yeah, uh, the Jim Hadar yeah. w- won't be so kind. That's what everybody's always saying to to Alexander and Worf is like the, you can't let Dad fight your battles because the Jim Hadar won't. Yes, and you can't fight your son's battles because the Jim Hadar
2: won't. All of this stuff, by the way, this stuff is really like I I think I disagree with you that it's poorly written i think that it's really good, i think well written
0: i disagree. Like, i think, I think all it's of well the
2: scenes the what the situation that I, I feel for alexander in a lot of these scenes. i don't think it's
1: i think it's well written in the sense that there's no mi- obvious missteps
2: i think that's that, what i mean yeah i think
1: they're pretty it's just the idea is, i don't think it's glenn Gary glenn ross oh i'm not saying it's great no no, no i don't right. think I, we're talking about you know <laughs> nobody's taking these scenes to their acting classes to sharpen their craft <laughs> right james i
0: think i think <laughs> I think the missteps are pretty big i think the actors sell it well enough but i just i disagree entirely i think there's huge missteps i think the dynamic there's this father-son dynamic that is truthful but i feel like it's what are it's, scenes
2: that don't work to you
0: like i said the ending was like rushed. like i don't know how to resolve this i feel like they should they should have done more work to show that alexander really does want to be there for his father but I thought he like, took a brave... He did something brave. He didn't. No, he didn't. He At the that end... That was... Okay, that's what I want... Uh, okay. No, no, we, no, Maybe no, we no. need to
2: unpack this third act because I felt like that was
1: the no, issue. No, that's yeah. what I want to unpack. That's what was... I've watched that scene... Twice, mm-hmm. So have I, yeah. And I cannot figure out for the life of me what is really going on in that it's scene. Missing so I would like, it's
2: missing a line. Yes. I would like... No, because they
1: tried to fill the information in visually with the smirk that Alexander gives Worf, and then Worf gives a knowing nod. Mm-hmm. But, like, something transpired between those two, and the audience don't know. <laughs> I don't yes. know what it was. Well, like, the whole well, thing
0: is... All right, I guess we should break it down a little please, bit. Please,
1: yes. Please, let's do.
0: We started off, like, they've just been rescued from... From this dark matter nebula planet by Martok. That's why Cisco and Dax are on the ship. I mean, that's the thing about this episode. It's nice. It's one of those episodes where they don't deal with the Federation at all, except at the beginning, because we're continuing from the last episode. Cisco mm-hmm. says, "Thanks for rescuing us." And Worf and Dax are making out, and Worf is like. You know you're going to shoot Martok your tang, right? <laughs> you like,
1: must remember to present your dach tang to General Martok. She's
0: like, I don't want to be House of Martok. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, I'm just fucking mm-hmm. with you, man. Don't worry about Again, it. Again, foreshadowing
2: by making the House of Martok important for a third. Yeah, yeah. I just think they, they did their job on this
0: episode. No, okay, but, well, going. they did their job in this opening scene to carry over from the last episode. I'm not saying. And to set up the third act of this episode. I t- if Jadzia were in the third act of this episode, I might agree with you. But opening scene has nothing to do with Alexander other than you're going to be House of Martok.
2: It sets up the concept of houses and the fact that it reminds you that Worf is in right. House of Martok. And that there's it does syndication stuff. work, guys. It does. Syndication yes. work.
0: Exactly. They do so much work explaining, like, and then the bet. Between Cisco and Martok is pretty great. Yeah. And that's fun stuff, yeah. Oh, one
1: of the highlights of the season. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I- <laughs> Are
2: you yes. a
3: betting man, General? One of my many pleasures. Then a barrel
2: of blood wine says, I set foot on Deep Space Nine before you do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> and then you Done. got Bashir and O'Brien being tweedledee and tweedledum about, like, I, I hate all the singing on Klingon ships and I can't wait to eat fucking field rations again but whatever then they've got the five replacements from the Vornak when they requested 15 and you know Martok's like a war is so much more fun when you're winning and then they have Ngaran of daughter of Zizek Zizek yeah Shlazhov Gabrielle Union Is
2: Shlazhov Zizek's yes. Daughter And she's <laughs> the most
1: Vivacious And exuberant Klingon On that ship uh, Right Maybe yes. ever I On mean,
2: Star Trek Let's just she, be Let's just be honest That she's probably The best talented actress <laughs> Right On this episode Right
0: I wish she played Alexander honestly Yeah but anyways, I'll skip that B plot. That's a whole other thing about daughters. We're talking about sons right now.
2: Mm-hmm. I also feel bad that Gabrielle Union was in a really did a really great performance in Birth of a Nation, and her whole movie got shit canned because the director's a rapist, and she didn't deserve that. Oh yeah, she's also married to Dwayne Wade, which is pretty cool. But Dwayne Wade, but that's pretty cool. From Dwayne Wade, I'm gonna get that name right at some point. Dwayne Wade. Okay. So she's married yeah. to a Hall of Fame basketball player. So she's pretty he's cool. Got,
0: he's got a good name. I, I agree. Um, yes. But <laughs> then you have like Duck Targ or Guitarg or whatever the the other Klingon that's given Alexander shit. Like, oh, you want to sit here? <laughs> and he fucking sounds like a Matt Barry character. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. He <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! He yes, yells everything.
1: Now all I want is Matt Barry to play a
3: Klingon.
0: <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that guy's like, it's, it's a little what over the top. <laughs> yes.
3: Alexander Roshenko we
2: were holding it just for you. I don't want to be a Klingon. Is, yeah, I, he's um he's not in a lot of things. His most recent performance is in an episode of Gotham where he plays the character of Hulking Goon. Oh yeah, Matt Berry. No, <laughs> fucking Matt Berry's like narrating car commercials now. Sam Zeller, the performance. Chitarg oh. I was like Matt Berry. Oh man.
1: This could easily be the Matt Berry hour, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right, he's right. the modern day; he's our closest thing we have to Bugs Bunny. I think.
0: that. <laughs> Did you want that root beer or ice cream? I, I, my Matt Berry is very bad right now, so I, I can't. But he has a fight with Alexander, where he's like, "Oh, the famed son of Starfleet's finest." Blah blah blah. Hey, yeah, he, he yells a lot. He yells. Every I like that,
2: I do like that. Klingons are like, I should hate war. Yeah, yeah. But I can't hate Worf because, A, he's my commanding officer and he's kind of a... He's a badass. I, I'm sure he would whoop my ass. Yeah, yeah. So I respect Worf, but I'm going to feed all of my dislike of Worf into... It's kind of like the way I feel whenever I read something about Bernie's shitty kids. I'm always kind of like, I like Bernie because there's nothing he does that pisses me off too much. But his kids are pieces of shit, so it's fun to like... Oh, yeah. I, 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 I feel like that's sort of the same thing. We'll just pick on your piece of shit kids. I begrudgingly respect your dad, so I'm going (laughs) to give you shit. Right, yeah.
0: (laughs) Like in that dinner scene or whatever, where they fight, mm-hmm. all the Klingons were talking. It sounds like a bunch of gremlins yelling at each other, like, yeah, the back. Or, mm-hmm. or bad Star Trek, Star Wars scene. But, anyways, they fight, and then Worf steps in for him. The, the wrong, totally wrong thing to do. And
2: you knew that's where it was coming from, everybody. It was a familiar beat. You knew it was going to happen. Right, right. And you knew that Alexander was going to go, fuck you, Dad.
0: I can fight my own fight. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. as he wipes yeah. blood yeah.
2: from his face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy's like, you, you, you fight like a Ferengi, or. <laughs> Like a <laughs> Whatever, however Matt Berry would deliver that line, I can't do it right now. And then the scene later, and then Martok is like, oh yeah, I heard there was a fight later on, thanks for telling me, asshole. You're my first officer. And uh, Nothing breaks the tension in convoy duty like a tankard of war nog. Just make it blood wine, I guess. But th- there's no victory, so they don't get blood wine. It also looked like he was mixing a lot of... Th- it, for a minute there, it looked like he
2: was mixing war for cocktail. Right. There was lots of pouring and putting down and picking up something else and pouring it. It looked like, uh... Have you ever had an old-fashioned war? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I make a wicked sex on the beach. I do this enough and it's going to change colors. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm a mixologist. But then he's like, yeah, well, Ch- Chitarg wasn't going to like kill the guy. He'd have been fine, but what the fuck... Worf, you usually tell me stuff, and this isn't cool. Like talk gives a lot of like exposition. Like whenever there's father and son aren't talking, that's a bad thing. He also has given the best
2: beats in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the the whole scene where he's just trying to say, "Worf, I'm losing respect for you." <laughs> right. All of that stuff, like where he's trying to not say that but say that is like, "Take care of this problem. Get your shit together." Yeah. yeah. Or or I will. And ultimately, he does. So it's like he does. Yeah, yeah. Mark talking. This is yeah. Like I said, Mark expert expertly sort of. Utilized. Right.
0: And then they're doing like, oh, we've got a red alert, and they go to the bridge and <laughs> this scene is great. This scene is great. Yeah, like Alexander's such a fuck up. Like Okay,
1: he, let's let's spoiler for that scene. He still had the the, the, the battle
2: simulation going. A yeah, different
1: yeah. tape in the VCR, the sim- plate of yes, simulation. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then, yeah, the HDMI cable was plugged into the switch, <laughs> not to the television. <laughs> and and like, the hunched over goon
1: gives him shit for, for it, and then Martok's like, ah, they love him. See, and, and right, Wolf see, is like, they, they've they love him Because he's a fuck-up. The ship's fuck-up. You see, they have accepted him. They have accepted him as the ship's fool. Right, well,
0: yeah. And that's what ultimately Worf... I mean, that's what I felt like in this episode. But that plays into my confusion later. Yes. Is he the ship's fool
2: or did yes. he okay, just you're talking about that last scene. I think that last scene, I think that... He did something they, brave? Yeah. No,
0: he's still the fool.
2: Yeah, no, no, oh my God, we'll get there. I think that we are reading the scene three different I, ways. I, I, holy! Yeah. I'm not reading it at all. I think it's I've the seen, scene's fault. Yes,
1: it is the scene's it fault. It is scene's Because yes, I know I how to watch television. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I know <laughs> how to, like, process <laughs> visual information.
2: But, I mean, before everybody gets on their haunches about defending their point of view towards the third act... I like, honestly I think, don't have... I'm, I know. There's not a third
1: perspective here i am confused and i need clarification okay like i'm not defending anything i'm um, i'm just letting
2: you know when no, we get to
1: the act, let's just put a pin in it i out. want to know before we get there is he the ship's fooler, or did he just fuck up once
2: i don't i think in that last scene i don't think that you're supposed to look at them viewing him as a fool Wade does, I think. I get
0: the Let's feeling. rush him on it. Like, when we get there, we'll rush him on it. Will everybody explain mm. their point of view? Right? Okay. Yeah. Calm little Fonzies.
2: But I only <laughs> arrived at that decision, not immediately. I had to, like, think about it a long time, which yeah ah that's the best thing about about (laughs) stories
1: you have to think about the parts you didn't understand for a long time for you to finally understand right
0: because i i watched it a few times and i
1: it's not like watching the master
0: where there are some parts (laughs) where i'm like i have you can totally tell (laughs) what the culture had in
2: mind so what what's the masturbation scene about like yeah (laughs) or the handjob scene about no okay Let's just get there. Are we all how far oh, away yeah. from
0: running into it? Pretty, we're pretty close. Like then they has like, look, son, I'm gonna teach you how to play golf with this cheese knife that the Jim Hadar use, and that's kind of laughable how bad Alexander is with. It's
2: overplay. It's overplay. Yeah, it's not yeah. subtly. It has no touch to it. Right, right. It has no style to how he's. <laughs> First off, in the knife fight earlier with with Matt Berry. Yeah, he looks at his knife, which is like the basingest direction. Like, I felt like I would have given that direction directing a scene in high school. <laughs>
0: right.
2: right. And don't look at the, your opponent, look at your knife. It makes you look unready and unsure. And that's all he does. Right.
0: Fuck you, dad. I'll be dead. You'll be happy.
2: And in the scene, the scene with the the wrong tape in the VCR, I think that's well done. But the scene in with the Batleth is Alexander's performance with the Batleth. His business is shitty. <laughs> but I think <laughs> right. the scene rings true as hell i mean so. i think
0: i agree like the actors and the relationship and the acting is not bad it's angsty fuck mm. you dad i don't care about you anyway and he really does but you know yeah whatever they the guy sells that
2: yeah 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 that's good stuff. well i feel like, I, I feel like it's a qualified good stuff right yeah
0: well <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's an asterisk i guess then martok comes in and says like what the fuck are you doing here and the guy's like i'm here to serve the empire He's like don't give me that shit That scene is great. That's a slogan. That's not an answer. Say what's in your
1: heart. Yeah, that's a slogan. Yeah, that was a wonderful.
0: Yeah, everything about
2: that scene is, I mean, I think that scene is a perfectly written scene. That scene. To the last end where he goes, I just want a chance to prove myself. And he says, I just gave you one. I just gave you one. And you failed. Shit. I mean, that's a, that's a, like, from like this kind of basic television writing. I mean, that's. Yeah. Some of the best you get, you know? Right, right. Like, that's Kinda, the that...
1: I like how the how Martok doesn't suffer fools easily. Yeah. Like right. this mm-hmm. kid, get this fucker off my ship. He's playing games, people are gonna die.
2: And not only that, but you also see him making the rubric of like this kid's ass. And he makes my first officer worse. Right. Yeah. So he compromises my... He, he fucks up two of my ships. You know, two of my right. ships. Right. And lead, it's, so. it's
0: not even that Martok said, get off my ship. He's like, your father wants you transferred. And he's like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: he has no right. He's like, he has every right. Okay. That is, that is the most realistic child talk ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because my kids always don't understand like the pecking order of things yes yeah, and oh shouting God. when something is unfair i'm like no that is actually the definition of fairness is that you do this thing that i'm telling you to do that is now,
2: my, my daughter says you can't make me change my personality <laughs> wow jesus uh, christ like, <laughs> she's five <laughs> yes <laughs> wow yes and she said that and also at some point some she watched on television and then we went over and talked about it too you know it was that about don't let you know don't let strangers touch your birthday suit so she was like all about this like I'm the boss of my body and you go you're right but then like her body means like I don't want to go to bed my body wants to stay <laughs> my body up. wants to
0: stay up, up
2: and she goes I'm the boss of my body and I'm like no the fuck you aren't like, <laughs> right and then there's times where she'll be like well if you try to make me do that that's against the law and I'm like no there's like three things I could do to you that's against the law the laws were remarkably broad about like what I <laughs> right. could do going to,
1: to you. bed on time is perfectly within my jurisdiction.
0: my rights as a parent. Right.
1: Uh And so Alexander just insisting to Martok that he had no right to do something, just because Alexander doesn't like it, that means his father doesn't have a right. Yeah, yeah. And then Martok blowing up at him was a very, as a parent, very satisfying moment. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: yes, give them both barrels, Martok. Jesus Christ, (laughs) this kid's (laughs) getting on my nerves.
0: He's like, look, man, I need your dad. Your dad's a good, uh, the best first officer. I don't need you. You can get the fuck out. Of here i need him i don't need you yeah also the the most
2: emasculating thing that alexander went through in this episode and he went through a ton of them it but was, the most emasculating when he challenges his father to a duel oh yeah and his father just like
0: oh alexander
2: right you did if you did that to anybody else
0: you'd be fucking dead right now yeah like, oh alexander like, and then he's like like that was you uh, abandoned yeah.
1: me yeah yeah that's pitiful yeah I don't want to harm. You said something like, "I don't want to harm you." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You're, Look, I'm your
2: dad. You, man. You're very, you're very lucky. I'm your father, right now. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. And that leads into the big, you know, hack. You know, the like, big fight. We're we're attacking, and they get attacked by the Jimadar. And gas is flooding into some. The plasma level. is
0: venting, and from the primary impulse generator, and there's an injector breach imminent. A gasket
2: blew, and he's got to go replace
0: apart or something all right yeah so this is the part where i think we have different interpretations of what happened yes. so do you want to go first or do you want me to
2: well i think i think that like they play with both sides like Worf goes to check on his his son does something brave volunteers do something brave i'll be the one that goes and does it right, and right.
0: barry he says i'll help in the strange
2: respect he yeah. goes you know hey the kids the kids doing something brave i'll go and help him we'll both we'll be brave together and so that was to show a modicum of respect that they have there. Right. So then when Orf comes up to the, at the end and all, and they blow up the Jemadar ship, and like, you know, the, the moment of tension is relieved, then he goes, I'm going to go check on my son. Mm-hmm. Martok says go. And so then he goes up there, and Alexander has locked himself in a room. Right. Now, it makes it seem immediately like he accidentally or pussily locked himself in a room. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) Okay, so I don't think that's what you're supposed to have done. I think that he was trying to save Matt, Barry, Klingon, and others from the danger. So he goes in there and locks... By subterfuge? By pretending to be the fool? Yeah, I don't understand Or I think he just goes in there and locks the door, and everybody assumes he accidentally did it. Okay. And then, so Worf goes, so you locked yourself in there on purpose? And he goes, yes. And then at first you're supposed to go, you you klutz, whatever you fuck up, and then but it was like I th- he looks at the other ones, and I think it was supposed to be like then there was an exchange of knowing looks. Right. Yeah. There was an exchange of knowing looks after that. Yes, that d- would not make any sense if it was he was a fuck up because Worf doesn't look embarrassed by his fuck up son.
0: He looks like Im- proud. That's of his a- son. right. Yes. Here's here's my w- interpretation of that scene. Are you done? That sounded dismissive. I didn't mean it to be. I mean,
2: I guess. So I think that I mean I I watched it a couple times and I get it. It does not it is not done well. It is not clear. But I think that you're supposed to think that he did he sacrificed himself to save other Klingons and that's why why would Martok let him into his fucking family?
1: <sighs> I but we have no indication that, I'm not saying you're wrong. That's, other
2: than other than a knowing look. Other I'm just I'm I'm trying to square the circle
0: and to make the episode make here's sense. Here's how I saw that scene. <laughs> here's how I made it made sense. And that kind of changes my whole interpretation of the episode. Like the guy says, We solved the problem. Matt Berry Klingon says, We solved the problem. I sent him in there to put his tools away, and he tripped and fell and locked himself in. That's what the guy said. <sighs> so like that's hard for me to square like he did it to save anybody like they say that he's the problem was solved and he's and then Worf is like oh, my son's a fuck up oh shit but then he asks the guy he asked Alexander he's like wait so you tripped and you locked yourself in there and he's like yes sir and for me this the whole episode hinges on you know what Worf knows his son is a fuck up he knows his son is never going to be what he wants his son to be, but to be a good father. And he says later on, you teach me how to be a good father and I'll teach you how to be a warrior. But when he, he makes a decision as a father, which I think arguably is the right decision. Like, you know what? He's my son. Even if he's not exactly what I want him to be, if he never, if he never becomes a great warrior, I have to accept him and love him unconditionally because he's my son. Yeah, and that's when correct. that's for me what that scene said. But that's not a bad. I mean, I don't think that's a bad. That, that's not it? a bad thing. No, I mean, I think that's... I, I
1: think that what you what Wade is saying is prob could be correct because maybe. If only because I don't have the information on the danger I don't know if anybody the, was actually saved but it's the unclear people went down there
2: that's true you're all true
1: I don't know the stakes that's why I think it's a bad episode because it's unclear so if he yeah. if he is a hero if he actually saved somebody and he did something brave then I don't know that because I don't know I didn't know
0: the stakes mm-hmm. right that's why it's unclear, and I think it's Well, all
2: okay, it. so let's read uh, memory alpha, which actually seems to confirm a way. Please, to...
1: God, yes. If somebody has a definitive answer.
2: <laughs> well, this is just a recap. So, okay, so the Rotarin is able to fend off the Jemadar attack, and the plasma leak is sealed off. However, this defends your. I mean, this is taking. I think your position in this. Mm-hmm. However, Alexander managed to lock himself in the corridor, much to the amusement of the crew. Worf claps Alexander on the shoulder and asks him to come with him. And there's a paragraph about fucking Zial and Dakot. Okay, and then, okay, so then Worf realizes that Alexander is not a child anymore and that he must let him prove himself if he is to become a Klingon warrior. Worf offers to try again for a new start, willing to learn how to be a good father. Alexander joins the house of Martok as his father did, but in a ritual ceremony. Okay, right. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't.
0: Can it help? at all see that's why i don't think this episode's that great
2: yeah it seems
0: to back up what he's
2: saying but it doesn't add the extra element of why that would be
0: that's why i think the third (sighs) act and the resolution is kind of not this is oh no, 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 no no
2: no no it's bad yeah
1: it's bad yeah yeah i we have no idea definitively because actually i have watched ahead a little bit and Alexander's
2: still a clumsy fuck up. <laughs> so not, yeah, yeah. I, so I, don't, I don't think that he automatically. I mean, I think that you're supposed to think that Worf has a fail son, right? Yeah. Right. Even if he did something brave at the end of this episode, Worf still has a fail son, and like More talk dick.
0: That's why Alex the first scene in uh, you know.
2: Emperor Worf is a group of of rebellious. Oh. My my treatment for Emperor Worf is someone killing Alexander. I think he should be dead already. But because Alexander is a pacifist, a religious leader, I think and, that's and a great. It,
0: I think you are a lot better. I think you're a better writer than uh, Brian Thompson <laughs> and Matt Dibble. or
2: whatever. I, I
0: don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> put on your charm. I'm trying to look through memory alpha to see if there's a better, clear thing about the ending and there's not. No one really talks about it. I mean, I guess this is supposed to be like, Wharf uh, accepts that his son's kind of a fuck up. Right.
0: Right. That's kind of what I got from it.
1: Yeah. I think that's cause Alexander gives a, a look, a smirk, like, um, Ain't I a stinker? And right. and, and Worf is just like, Oh, you're a stinker. Or like sometimes when
2: my, when my daughter, I almost like feel like I'm talking to my daughter. Like, a lot, but sometimes my daughter, when she fucks something up, she goes, "I'm trying my best."
0: <laughs> like it really like, like, and I think uh, that like he could have said that. Your daughter's like, amazing. I'm trying my best. Like. Speaking of daughters, I guess we should hammer out this B plot.
1: <laughs> I mean, we could do a flyover. I don't think it's that. Basically, it's the plot of
2: last week's episode, but dumber.
1: Yeah, but basically, Dukat is still trying to get into Kira's panties and then uses his daughter to, like, manipulate her to, like, worm, right? Like, have Kira worm his way into, you know, his and life. And then
2: Kira, Kira realizes that she's been intoxicated by the power that The Dominion and the Cardassians are giving her, and then she wakes up
0: to the fact that she shouldn't be intoxicated by it, much like she did last week. Right, right. It's like Dukat is using his daughter to get to Kira, which in this episode, I guess it's not so bad because he's just being a nice dad in some way. It's creepy. And... Kira starts to fall for her and she then she wakes up. And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck? I'm not taking this creep's dress that he's given me." Mm-hmm. But what's funny to me is that we brought, we brought Zial back. Everybody, hey Zial, mm-hmm. and she Zial points out, like, "Look, I don't have anybody except my father, Kira, you, and oh, and and that's it." no mention of garrick this episode whatsoever oh yeah that's, that's true mm, yeah there is no like the fact
2: that she's been deflowered uh that she's been in a sexual <laughs> relationship a man or or not or yeah it's almost
0: <laughs> as if
1: she hasn't done any of those it's things. almost it's almost,
2: it's as, if. almost as like they they don't know what to do with that story, yeah
0: yeah cuz you know the last time she showed up she was nothing but a prop for garrick and now he's not even mentioned at all. God damn it. Z-L- like uh, The only character worse conceived, the
2: only spawn of a, of a pre existing character that was worse conceived than Alexander <laughs> is Ziel. <laughs> yeah, Star
0: Trek doesn't do children very well nope does it
2: if they could have only shoehorned
1: Kiriyoshi into this we would have had a, tri- yeah, a, yeah, a, right. a trifecta of
2: trifecta yeah. I, I mean he o'brien is oddly the only character that got more interesting with
0: a kid right, right right which is I, I think speaks
2: to his blandness
0: but um <laughs> sure that I, his blandness is a it's a feature not a bug <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i agree with that but uh, we, um, we get in it we get a reference to another bajoran dish i guess it's bajoran she's like I just started the ref mufta. I'm sorry, that's something I wrote down that nobody cares but me. But I have to point it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that like you have the she's she's in school for art. So I guess the most this is one of those where each scene of the B plot and there's a lot of scenes of the B there, plot. I think art, it's yeah. almost a co-A plot are increasingly worse than, than the scene that came before it, where it starts with, like, Jake trying to shoehorn in on the Resistance. Yeah,
0: oh, right, right. And, like, that's the most interesting thing that happened in this episode, or in, in that, pot, in that right. plot. The most interesting thing in the episode, I think, is Cisco's bet with Martok. Sure. I mean, like, but that's not, I mean, that, yeah. But it's not of consequence. Because of something later. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, well, yes. oh, totally. I agree. Yeah. So this stuff with Jake trying to get shoehorned in and then, I think trying to protect him, but also, like, I mean, because, you know, they don't want to put that risk on him. And also, like, you know, their dad will fucking kill him. Right. And also, like, if he found out that quickly about the resistance, it's It, like, it makes him just look like, the, like. Like, again, Odo is. It's back to my Odo is like, what the fuck are they doing with Odo? Nothing here. I know yeah. he gets another character. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I know he gets an episode next week. The next uh, week's uh, an uh, Odo episode. N-
1: still not a special man. In fact, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe he's worse off.
2: For the non-special the non- man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, and I've talked... We went into <sighs> a whole thing about the character assassination, the increasing character assassination of Odo yeah. in the plot. Well,
1: just that they, they the show never carries two special men at the same time. Mm-hmm. They switch places. So for the rest of the series, Odo is mostly just a cast member, but not the not the special man in the vein of a Data or Spock. Oh, yeah. So Who
2: is the special man? Bashir. Sisko. Oh no,
1: well but he's the one with the enhanced power. I was
0: like I was going to say maybe Cisco Cisco too.
1: Well that's right. not for purposes of solving problems on the bridge It's though. different. It, yeah. I get to that. Yes, yes. Okay. That's what yes. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that they mm-hmm. never carry, you know, if you went early in the series he was a special man because he could hide like a vase and, and like solve a case that way. Yes. Right. Okay. Now, if you need some math done on the fly and your computers down, the special man can do it in his head and get you out of a scrape. Yeah. So for all intensive purposes, Bashir's now the special man. Now that, and Odo is just a man. I think,
0: well, usually the special man is about like what it means to be human. Right. And I guess they're doing that more with, even Bashir than they are like because once they made Odo like hot for Kira that's that's his humanity and they're done with it well he is he is absolutely useless
1: no I mean special man in the sense that they have ways for the special man can get them out of certain plot scrapes I'm talking about in in the storytelling structure (laughs) the special man has been used to to maneuver for the characters to maneuver a certain way out of a out of a jam
0: right right and in this episode, we don't have this at all because it's not about the Federation. It's There's no Federation stories in this one, really, except at the beginning. And the Cardassians and Bajor are getting tighter. They're giving them industrial replicators. Yeah. but He's know. making That's, trips yeah. and all that kind of shit. Yeah, there's... Um, right. And like, it kind of resolves, like, the B-plot and the A-plot kind of thematically resolved at the end. It's Worf, the way I saw it, was like, yes... Ship's fool I will accept you, and then it cuts immediately to Kira talking to Zial, the daughter and the sons and daughters, and says, "I will never accept your father. Fuck off." Or, "No, we're done. I'm sorry. It sucks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna replace your father. So I, you choose your father. You have to. We're done, basically. And it's kind of. Sucked. I think that she so, was.
2: I thought that was a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think. Like, that, I think that was a that was a stroke of blandness. I think that Kira's character... Is Kira's character getting blander?
0: I don't know. I thought, like, Nana Visitor...
2: No, I don't think I'm not talking about
1: Nana Visitor. I'm talking about the character. No, I don't think she is. No. She's facing mounting pressure. Like, life on the station is just dog shit for her. Yeah, right. She's a, basically a collaborator when, you know... Her day job is being a collaborator. Her boss is a sex creep.
2: Right. And uh, it would be nice if she she was the character rightly or wrongly with the the immovable moral compass well and I get that like they did the last week where they did that she was tempted by the fruit of compromise or whatever and then she's She's tempted again this week. That was a thing, but like at that, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like you know she's calling him like this murderous, desperate. The whole episode. Oh, did
1: your did your episode have a weird cut after that where he laughs and then it cuts to the next? Yes, scene? I yes. ran around like I that gonna... twice because I thought I missed something.
2: Yes, it does have a it Wait, does did... have it. That scene clearly went went on longer. And they cut it in this episode where she's like, she calls him an interstellar. She despot. calls him a despot, and then they have like, and then he and goes he back and laughs, and then like, there's a
1: hard cut to Alexander walking.
2: Yeah, it almost seems like he's gonna come back with an attack, yes. like a, with a with a verbal parry, and he doesn't. Right.
0: Well, for me, that scene was like she's playing with, she's having fun with them, and they're exactly being, they're being chummy, and then later on, that's when I said like it switches. It's immediately. Warfit Sips his son, and she denies Zial. So I thought that was almost a- Exactly like she did last oh, week. Oh, I agree. It's, it's Oh,
1: the, the shoehorn symmetry is kind of what you're talking
0: about? In this episode, as a standalone, I agree that it's, it's the same thing they did last week. I totally yeah. agree with you there. So,
2: like, when she says that there's no comparison, I'm not going to ask you to step away from your father. There's no comparison. He's your father. Right. That's just, like, that's that kind of, like force bullshit that I don't like, you know? I don't know, that made sense to me. No, fuck your father. Fuck your father. And if you side with him, fuck you. He didn't raise you. He fucking raped your mom and tried to leave you on a on a station that was gonna die. Right, and, and he's he's left you right before he blew up the fucking tried to blow up the fucking station. Wow. If you follow him, I don't know what to tell you. You are fucking horrible, Zal.
0: You're a weak piece of shit. Well, I disagreed. I will. I mean, I think you could make an argument that he did not rape her mom, but. He's still a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong. You, you want to make that, I, you want to make that argument? <laughs> I mean, she was a slave. I mean, she I think a, it's fucked up. I, I mean, think it was a fucked up situation. So the, the the Jewish women at sleep with the the Nazi officers? I'm not. Were they look, raped, man? I'm saying it's a fucked up, weird situation. But I'm saying that there's some nuance there. Did her mom have the power to say no?
2: Look, I'm not. Again, I know that's what I'm saying. You don't want to make that argument. I'm not making that argument. I I'm just saying. <laughs> okay.
0: That it's it's a weird, fucked up situation, and I think. Yeah, whatever. I'm not arguing that is great. I'm just saying that there's a lot of gray area that this show deals with, and that's part of it. And it would be nice if Kira
2: didn't have that. And it's a character trait, because she doesn't, at this point, I mean, Kira had a lot of character, and it seems like we're losing a little bit of that with each going scene. And that was almost a point of last week's episode, is that, oh my God, I've lost my moral clarity, and that was all I got through in life. That's what got me through in life was my very, very strong sense of what the Bajoran people needed and wanted and who were bad guys. And then in this episode, you go back to that moral middle, and I get that they filmed it out of order and there was changes or whatever, but that is an issue. First off, it's the same plot. I agree. But it's what's the point of the same plot being that it ruins last week's plot? I don't think it ruins it. And that if she carried that last week's plot forward, then she would have had the moral clarity to like really put Zial in her place because at what age... Is Zial, I mean, Zia's not like a fucking five-year-old girl. Zia's a grown-ass woman. I mean, she's in college. At some point, she needs to be convicted on the fact that she needs to make some fucking decisions. I don't know. The he's-your-father choice didn't, wasn't so offending to and me. And so this idea that the, all I'm saying is the bullshit statement when she said, he's your father, that's no competition. I'm not asking you to decide. You're always going to side with your father. Why?
0: Why? Her father's Hitler. I don't know. Blood's thicker than water, man. I don't know. I'm saying that I,
2: I would like Kira to be the character that that doesn't fucking matter with. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a character, and
0: right now she doesn't have one. In this episode, she didn't have one. I disagree. I still think she has a character. Because she makes a different choice than you think she should have. Of course. That's which what is, I'm I, right, right. But I, you know, I think that sh- her character, she makes a strong choice in this. And- I think
1: she has a character. I think she has one that James doesn't enjoy right because there is a moment where she clear, clear she gets a present from fucking Hitler yeah. and she looks in the mirror and she admires it so there's a, <laughs> there's a moment where she wavers right
2: I don't hate that I don't hate that I hey, hate that okay I don't, yeah yeah but
1: I'm saying yeah. and then she she steers she writes the ship James so it's like mm, yeah yeah I agree right
2: but she I think that she writes it with a lot of extra deferences to bullshit without
0: bringing Zial on it's
2: what yes. and I think that that
1: that well that, said that is, that's exactly, that's, yeah. you're exactly right. But I'm saying, I don't want to say that she doesn't have a character, though. I think that she has a place.
2: Yeah, I guess I'm just saying that, like, last week I felt like ended with this very strong, definitive, like, yes. realization. Of well, what, she started a, re-
1: a resistance. Yeah, you yeah know?
2: like, <laughs> oh, my God, I gotta get, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got, like what's that, I'm, uh, that Weezer song, uh, I gotta get back into the good life. You know, yeah. like, you know, like, that that was that, her theme on that. And I gotta get back. I gotta get back to what I once was. Right. Because I was used to be full of piss and vinegar and I took and I was part of an organization that took down the Cardassians and that needs that needs to be me I need to go back to that old me again and then in this episode we get mushy middle bullshit and and it's that here's what it is it's that that doesn't sound like Kira that sounds like half ass writing Or like these deferences to moral codes that like a a show like Star Trek should be examining. I I agree. There's a lot. Like, of course you've got to love your daddy. He's your daddy. That seems like just the bullshit American middle horseshit establishment thing that just comes through in shit
0: writing. Maybe. I mean, I agree that there might be some half-assed writing, but I don't know. I don't think, I'm not ready to say that it's total, from a consecutive point of view, it's it's a bummer that they just rehashed what they did last episode, but at the same time that she thinks she's already back on. I've started the re- resistance and I'm ready to go fuck off. But then, my, oh shit, now my feelings for Zial have clouded the issue again. It's coming at it from a slightly different angle, and she and she goes through the same thing she did last week. But you know, it's also in a uh, syndicated show where you hit the same thematic points over and over again. It's I'm not ready to say totally discount and say oh they totally fucked this up I'm saying that I I see what they were doing in this episode this this whole episode for me is kind of like a misstep yeah. so I'm not going to say that this episode did anything well but the arc of her in this episode makes sense to me
2: it would be neat that I think at this point they're going for Kira and I think I, I don't know if they're consciously saying that but I think that ultimately you want Kira to be reasonable I think she is we're This show would be much better after coming out of last week, if Kira became dangerous. That would be way more interesting. Okay, you know, and the way that like she's not doing dangerous things. Maybe she's not doing dangerous things, but there's a way that like she hardened her heart. She righted her. She firmly set her moral compass, and she's decided that be it Odo or or even if Cisco, she's not even asking herself. What does Cisco want me to do right now? She knows what she needs to do, and she's doing it, even if that makes Zial feel really fucking uncomfortable.
0: Right. And she was prepared to do that, but her feelings for Zial in this episode do her for a loop. And that's okay for me. I no, it was
1: on purpose, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the move that moved to put Zial back on the station was a power move by Dukat to manipulate. Ducat, and
2: what if she power moved it away? Like, Ducat, I, I'm telling you... Fuck off, Zial. If you, you got a choice to make and if you don't make it, you don't get to fucking come to me and talk to me about your horse shit and I don't get to look at your shitty fucking like half-ass Japanese ripoff with like, calligraphy paintings yeah. and <laughs> I don't fucking tell you you're doing a good job because your daddy's forcing uh, fucking galleries to put your paintings up like a fucking whore. I think this- You're Ivanka Trump at this point. Fuck you. Ooh, Suck is. off. She I, think, is. And I think
1: that a lot of your Ziao feelings, you might be taking out on her because you have a lot of...
2: <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't yeah.
0: that be what... I think that would be a less if, interesting if, if episode. If Dukat makes
2: that power move, isn't the more interesting counter move from a story structure perspective. It's not like, oh, I realize it's that Dukat is unreasonable and I am reasonable. Well, and d- because I am fighting unreason with reason. It's very cnn this story needs to be fucking she needs to be from dangerous. From a story
0: episodic point of view that gives her less range because she's just a bitch the whole time or she's just angry what the whole time. What a bitch? Time. No she's a goddamn freedom no, fighter. No but she has an arc in this she she's starts off. Like, Tolster, I, she's fucking Leon Tolstoy motherfucker. She starts off this episode with an arc I've got the resistance and Zial comes in She's she. I'm not saying she's not tempted I keep the thing with the dress I don't hate that scene. with the right, dress Right that's what I'm saying if you made her just from the get go I mean I, I agree I see where you're coming that you want her to be like push it push righteous it, just and right this like, whole let's, time let's push it but this. it still gives her less of an arc for it gives her less room to ch- like less depth in this episode when you're trying to do a single episode of tv in 1990s. i
2: think it was depthless anyway because i think they were kind trying to make her seem reasonable in the middle of a fucking revolution and that just There's doesn't nothing work
0: wrong to me with being reasonable i don't know i mean yeah she was and she, and then when she realizes that her feelings for Zial are clouding what she's doing she's. I think the script is fine and nana visitor are so- you
2: saying that do you not think that Kira as a character is enraged that Zial fucking dotes over this murderous fuck face she is but she realizes that she, she can't if she is a
0: person of any moral rectitude she hates Zial in this episode I disagree because yeah I don't know I don't think we're going to resolve this but I disagree like I feel like this gives her. So, a, so I mean, it's as a simple episode. It gives her a place to start. She goes to an extreme and realizes where she is, and then she makes a hard decision. And in this episode, if you're just watching this episode alone, outside mm-hmm. of everything else, I feel like some people watching this like she was overly harsh to Dakot. I don't understand <laughs> oh, yeah, why she's being like I mean, that. Unless you have you. the full, if you don't have the full experience of the thing, you're not going to think that. But this episode. Sells him as like a
2: good guy. But okay, so you're saying that Stalin's kids don't have any like pro- I don't know. I'm just saying that like I'm not, If your parents are fucking evil despots, hate your fucking parents. There's no good. There's well, no. Like, it, you don't get. A, you don't get a pass. Here's the thing
1: that she she she. I think she views Zial as somebody who's been been manipulated too. Yes. In mm-hmm. that way, she identifies Zial as a victim, and by saying "fuck you," you're morally bankrupt. You're, you wouldn't do any good to somebody who's been manipulated and out of their depth. Right, it's right. It's it like, that tough like a love? Child.
2: doesn't that mix? Doesn't that me- mirror the way that Martok is telling Worf to treat Alexander? It's a dip. They're, they're, well, no,
1: no. Alexander wasn't emotionally manipulated into his actions for this. Yeah, episode. but tough love so, would get no, him to where he needs point, to be. The whole point. The whole point of Zial is that he's she's been tough love's got nothing to do with it. She views Zial as a victim, right? You know, somebody who's o- mm-hmm. almost been murdered twice by her father. She could barely keep Z- Zial alive. It's like she struggles to keep Zial alive with these conversations. You know, she she saves Zial on that planet where they found her. And they saved she saved Zial a second time by getting him getting her on Bejor both times Dukat would have been happy to have her dead you know kira's very existence is what keeps her alive and that in is a victim and she's falling prey to his bullshit and you can't you can't pull somebody out of that on their
2: e- yeah, I feel like if Kira said everything that you just said, if Kira just said everything you just said to Zial, I think that would have been a good scene.
1: Then you would have got what you want. But I'm just yeah. saying, but that doesn't change the fact that of how Kira, your your case is that Zial is Ivanka Trump and morally bankrupt. And I'm saying that... I'm not saying that she's morally bankrupt. I'm saying that she's probably... All right, well, you're saying if you don't say... If Kira doesn't say fuck you to Zial at the end of this episode, then we should hate Kira. And I was just saying, no, uh, Zial has been manipulated to this point. And you're right. If Kira had addressed that, instead of stuttering whenever she says, it's my dad says I really hurt his feelings. And Kira goes, you hurt... what you know I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was the other way around and that conversation should have been had instead of just glossed over mm-hmm. but it 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 does indicate Zial's fucked up she's a fucked up person no i know no and, and she's I think being that treated that's... like she's been treated like a pawn she has very
2: little agency but i think that again then i think that we're talking about what um there are yes i do have i am advocating a position that kira should take that i have sympathy towards just in reality, this is the way I would want someone to react in that position. Mm-hmm. But I'm also I'm making another case that that's the more interesting way to go in a story's perspective. See, I think it gives and her then if less. Zial feels convicted or feels lost or abandoned by Kira. That's all good. That makes it more interesting. See, I... Where I think that what the writers' rooms were saying was, how do we f- the, if we make Kira say that to Zial, the audience won't forgive Kira. See,
0: I think. I disagree from a story perspective, but just because it gives Kira less of a place to go with her character in this single episode. It's the last scene. We're talking about the last scene. Well, I mean, you were saying she should be like from the beginning. No, I'm like, saying in that last no. scene where she goes,
2: I have never asked you to not love your father. Uh, that scene—it's a seems bullshit
1: mealy line. mouth.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: but you—that is something that you do say when you're trying to get somebody to see the light. Yes, you're like, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm right. not trying to tell you how to feel. Yes, I want you to know the facts, and the fact is, this man tried to have you killed twice.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You, I, I you think
2: know. that it would be nice, and especially where the whole thing goes, I think it would be nice—not physically, but in rhetorically that if in that last scene in this episode if Kira had rhetorically slapped Zial across the face and said you better fucking wise up or you're going to end up dead. And I think that that would have been a powerful ending to the episode. Or to Kira's perspective on this episode, I think it would have been keeping into what she came right. to the to the realizations that she had last week and it
0: would Yeah, be... but would it end up like well. Yeah. yeah. Would, yeah, we've got what, more episodes yeah, okay. with ZL yeah. and, yeah, like and Kira so,
1: and Dukat. Yeah. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that you bring that up. So, but yes. Yes.
3: yes. <laughs> right. All
1: right. So, and have, I think
2: that that would be morally right. I think it would be keeping it with Kira's new, The I'm going to get back to the good life. I'm going to get back. I got to get back. I got to get back to the, you know.
0: Uh, so I think that, like, that is... Well, even if she, if if Kira convinced Zial to like tell her dad to fuck off that'd be more dangerous than being I'm not even saying that whatever. that's where it goes I'm saying that that's what Kira Kira lets lets that know yeah. that that's what she
2: not just wants from Zial to do but like she expects Zial to do and if you she know doesn't what? If then she fuck said,
1: off if she said if she said to Zial even though like Zial what's going on has got really nothing to do with you you're you're a pawn in this game yes. and mm-hmm. the best way for me on the other side of this it's to just not play the game, so I'm sorry if, if that hurts your feelings, but this is not about you. And, this has never been about you and me in our relationship. Mm-hmm. This is always about you being manipulated and your father's attempts to
2: manipulate me by one of the worst men, right? Like in this in this quadrant, right.
1: because yeah. ultimately, that's her, that's true. Her... And, wh- and how you and how you your relationship with your father is your business, but. You know, yeah, you could end up dead. Right. as yeah. his pawn. And I,
2: and I don't have time. And of course, that's the decision you're going to make. The decision you're going to make. But I don't have the emotional capacity, right, to deal with it. Like, right. or or or, or whatever. That's to ultimately,
0: deal with that's where she. That's isn't that kind of where she. She doesn't tell Zial, get out, or you're going to be fucking dead. Which maybe that would be a good place to mm-hmm. go. But she says, like, I mean, it's maybe bad on her part that she's given up on Zl because she, she just assumes that I will never win over your father. But she's like, I'm cutting ties with you too because I can't deal with your father, and that's that's the bittersweet part. Yeah, of it.
2: I, I I I'm saying specifically that I would like her to let Zial know that at some point she becomes complicit in what her father's doing. Right. So,
0: or at least give her an out. You know, like, look, your father's an asshole. I have to cut you off mm-hmm. because I can't deal with your father. But if you want to cut your father off, I'm here for you. I'm not. A, I don't expect that you will, but just let you know that I'm here if you do. Yeah. I don't,
1: Yeah. Man, we went long on this one. We did. That's the theme for this season.
2: There was a lot going on. Do we have any final thoughts before we get into the rewatch meter? It's a mess of... This is a weirdly mess of an episode. It was a lot of... It is. We haven't
1: had one that rings emotionally true that wasn't... Like, this rings emotionally true, but also very messy. That's...
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Probably, yeah. It may be one of the most fucking weird yeah like it's just a weird episode like i it's one of those episodes where it's like you can't ever say that deep space for whatever reason syndication 24 episodes a season and whatever there's a thousand excuses but you can never say that ds9 really nailed the production element like not just like like the right from the writing on like there were always these sort of weird notes, like mm-hmm. that was marbled in. And especially now that we're at the point where they're, they're they got their batting swing, you know. But just yeah. like any batting yeah. batter that's got their batting swing, they're they're missing a lot and
0: they're making weird right it's like, swing well, choices. We have to write these episodes in two weeks. Like yeah. we're not getting well refined scripts as much as we would if we were doing ten or twelve yeah. episodes. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. just
2: and it, and you get an episode like this where it's just like. What a what a strange, poorly conceived episode. Yeah,
1: animal this is. Yeah. But then once they mm-hmm.
2: can once they locked on the conceit, which was bad, then they nailed all the other stuff. So yes. it's like I can't yeah, actually.
1: Like- I, so far, I can't think of an of an episode that is like this that has done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Where. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff rings true, but it's just still, still time like a yeah. horrible fit,
0: right? I think that's like maybe where they're writing them; they write themselves in the corners, like this is this is, this is what we're doing, and then maybe it's not the yes, best decision. They hunker the down mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but they made a choice and they go with it. And yeah, They yeah, definitely it's.
1: stick with it. The show's getting written, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. Rio Grande in space, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rio Grande in space, <laughs> right. motherfucker. Do they make them pick an uh, uh, an old movie like every time? <laughs> I, yeah.
2: It's probably a writer's
1: exercise when they're trying to when they're hard up for ideas
0: when they're breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Sure. I don't know what yeah. do I pick this episode. My rewatch meter is. I mean, first off, it's got like at least two good Martok scenes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that affects it. Like, if you felt yeah.
0: like a good. Yeah. I'm putting this one low though for me. Like, well, yeah. which is surprising for me. Like, I thought I would put it. Like, oh, it's a wharf. Seen and we haven't seen Alexander for. I'm putting it at a six. Wow, is that is low much. for you. <laughs> That's low. <laughs> I'm like yeah. putting it for, at a four
2: by coming up with positive things to
0: say about for it. For me, six is pretty low. Sevens generally, but I generally have a higher average. You do. Than
1: you. Well, like, uh-huh. for perspective, I mean, rocks and shoals last week james put that at a six i'm keeping track this season so okay (laughs) Uh, okay Uh, i'm gonna do a graph at the end of the at the end of it
0: maybe i put this at a four you're gonna put it at a four Uh, i mean six if if i'm if i'm handicapping it for where i'm putting things like i
1: mean it's your own handicap however you want that's the thing you're not being held to a standard it's your own thing
0: yeah, but by the time we get into the season six and seven, I'm watching a lot more of these than I am in season three and four. Yeah. So James, yeah. what number are you going to put it at? Oh,
2: fuck. I, I, I think a four. But I can see myself watching this whole fucking arc, and it's in the middle of the arc. Mm-hmm. So you have to bump it up one point because of that? because it, it's, yeah, it's marbled in. So you're going to put it at a five? No, I'm going to put it at a
1: four. That okay, bumps it put... up to a four. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put <laughs> this at a one because I don't care if I ever see it again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's it for me. All right, well, do you guys want to outro this bad boy now or what?
2: No, 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 we got to guess the well, number.
1: Where did? Oh, snap. Where
0: did IMDb oh, put Oh,
1: I'm it. sorry. Hold on. Let me get my IMDb up. Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. I bet it's low. Yeah. But it's sixth season low, so I don't know what that means. I'm going to say 6.8. 6.8 is low. You say 6.8? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, that's tempting. 6.5.
0: No. He's probably no. He without sin was like only 6.7. Did Wade
1: Wade put it at six point eight or is that what he's guessing as a low? Is that your is that your guess, Wade? No,
2: six point eight is my guess. I'm gonna go with seven. I'm gonna go with seven. I'm I'm waffling. I'm a, I'm a, my batter swing is off on this, but I'm gonna go with a seven. He's going with six point eight.
1: Is that correct, Wade?
0: That is correct.
1: All right, before I, I f- unveil the actual number, I'm going to give you this little piece of IMDb trivia. Did you know? Uh, I'm so, so so tense. Casey Biggs Demar is a member of the Enterprise Blues Band, which writes and performs songs about Star Trek. <laughs> the other members are Varn Armstrong, Richard Hurd, Steve Rankin, William Jones, Ronald D. Moore, and Ronald B. Moore. Biggs <laughs> plays the rhythm guitar and sings one of the, some of the backup vocals. All right, so Demar is in a blues band based off Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> ha <What? All>
2: ha <right. laughs> um, um, oh, I did a part of me knew that because like I don't know there was this thing that Jordan Hoffett did on Twitter where he did a whole big thing with Damar and they were both in makeup, which Oh my god. <laughs> yeah Alright, so uh,
1: it's a 7.0 is what the good people of IMDb oh! think. It's a 7. Okay. Yes. 795 votes, which is a high amount of votes. For such a middling. So score. I, I get the feeling that this is sort of a polarizing episode, although the the people yeah, but I think that's what's to be expected with Alexander.
0: He's he, he's yeah he's, I I thought six point eight. Six point eight I thought was gonna be low, so I'm okay with that seven. That's pretty close.
1: Yeah. All right. Now we can outro this or what?
0: Oh let's <laughs> All right. Thanks thanks for listening, everybody. That was us talking about uh sons and daughters. Yeah. If if you have any uh feedback for us
2: Normally when I feel this like strongly antagonistic about an episode, I feel like that it's gonna engender a lot of backlash. I don't feel that way with this episode, right? Usually, I feel that probably everybody is super conflicted about this episode. Yeah,
0: y'all were more conflicted than I thought. Like, I thought I was like, oh, they're gonna hate this episode, but then I was like, well, maybe
1: there's some. I think of- I liked it at least, but yeah, yeah,
0: I didn't like it very much. I mean,
2: let's be, let's be honest. I don't think I liked
0: it. Yeah, I think that
2: there
1: was. Oh, you could watch something and and have it ring true or be relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I think that it's 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 curious. So, it engendered a lot of yeah, passions, I, I agree, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's, don't yeah, think it's yeah. objectively good. It's probably, what are we, more than halfway through this little arc, and I think it's probably the worst episode in this arc, maybe. it's this is the worst episode
0: so far, of this arc, yeah. Mm. I agree. All right. All right. So, yeah, give us a call, like I was saying, at 917-408-3898 for all your Deep Space Nine dreams and whatnot. Uh, and if you want to support us, you know, rate and review the show. That really helps us out now on iTunes, especially. And also, if you really want to support us, check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slash Kickers of Elves, and do all the things every other podcast wants you to do. Yes, you, know. you can yell. You can yell at us on the Discord server. Yes, um, plenty of people are doing that.
2: I guess, I guess. some of us, yeah. All right, are on it. Is that is that it? That's it. That Maybe it,
0: buddy. I'm spent.
1: All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. We hope you come back next week as we unpack another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three, two, beam, out.
2: that run this show have a call in line.
1: He just said that!